Hey everybody, what's up? This is Len, aka the Bat Triple, and you're listening to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's all soul. Wednesdays, eight to ten. Where on G Town Radio? Why do I have to keep telling I you know. how to plug your show? I know it's the producer in you. <laughs> it's the it's the bad host in you. Yes, yes, that's what it is. Yeah, it ain't my show. <laughs> you know, um, you know how like in Star Wars, it's always a scene in between the action where it's like Han Solo or Chewbacca running up and down the Millennium Falcon with like duct tape. Yes, yeah, that's me. That's that's pretty much how I run my show. And thus, it's ratings. It's the, <laughs> it's the fastest ship in the quadrant, but it's held together by duct tape. Yes. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing the 2016 Academy Award winning Best Picture yes. of the Year. Director Barry Jenkins, writer, director Barry yes. Jenkins, Moonlight. Um, but before we do that, we have a great deal of feedback and actually some news that we do have to share all right news yes well the news will come in just a moment but first we have a uh, great deal of feedback in regards to our michelle mission question of the day from last week which was what is your favorite black soundtrack yes we got a boatload of responses all right on this uh via instagram via uh at michelle mission via twitter at mission michelle um and via facebook we got a a whole lot of responses we heard from mindy laugh at m laugh 1222 okay who said her favorite uh, soundtrack is do the right thing hands down wow that's a good one that's a very good that's soundtrack. a good one that's a very very good soundtrack and no no shame in that whatsoever um we also heard from joe lechuga What's up, Joe? Hey, what's up, Joe? At lechuga underscore Joseph. He said, Set a, setting aside the obviously great Purple Rain. Yes, yes, of course. He says that he is going with Shaft. Mm. You know, that Shaft is a bad mother. Yeah, your mouth. I'm just talking about Shaft. <laughs> That's, um, I, I, I could have called Shaft being, uh, up there. Oh, of course. In a lot of responses. A lot of people, you know, rep hard for Shaft. That that soundtrack done by the immortal Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Uh, they the, tried not to give him the Oscar. What do you mean? They tried not to give him the Oscar because he can't read because he couldn't read music. True story. So they were gonna hold that again. They him. were not they there was a movement to not give him the Oscar for best best soundtrack because he couldn't read music what's that got to do with the music hate hate <laughs> so, man hate that, that is that is baked in hate yeah man. that yeah. is that is crazy yeah the real deshen um he couldn't just choose one okay there are too many for me to pick one all right that's what he said uh superfly okay good. black caesar black seat hey that's good stuff that black caesar Love Jones. Pay the cost to be the boss. Love Jones, good one. We we talked about that yeah. when we reviewed it. Don't be a menace. 
Oh, that's interesting. I'm not even familiar with that. You know that movie? No, I know the movie. I didn't. I never paid attention to the soundtrack. Nobody did. They said okay. real the shun. Okay. Um, what made the first two so dope, Superfly and Black Caesar, w- was that they weren't a bunch of random songs someone picked out. They were songs scored by one artist for a film. Yes, very true. And Curtis Mayfield tried to be subversive with his lyrics because he didn't want to um, glorify mm-hmm. the life of priest. Right. So he, you know, made a point to have all the lyrics kind of say, "This is bad stuff happening." Exactly. Even though it sounds magnificent. Yeah, yeah, it, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, but don't do it. But don't do it. <laughs> um, and he also says, "How could I forget Purple Rain?" Of course. The mean black girl, Charmel Scipio. All right. Said that definitely waiting to exhale. Shoop shoop. Although I'm also partial to the barbershop soundtrack. Interesting. I don't remember off the top of my head what was on there. Uh, I don't remember either, yeah. really. But I'm, I'm, you know, it probably was a good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think her repping for the barbershop. With all due respect to Charmel, I think that be, may be another one of those. It when that came in at her age. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. The barbershop is like at least ten years old. Now, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe more than that. Right. Yeah. So you got to figure, and Charmelle is in like in her mid twenties. Okay. So I, I, so I can, I can see that. Uh, George Carmona, yo, what's up, dude? Fan Bros. He uh, shouts out Dave Chappelle's Block Party. That's a good one because of the Roots, Erica Badu, yeah, Big Dead Prez, Def, yeah, Scott, yeah. Fugees, and a, and a whole ton of people. Yeah, that's that a good one that he's forgetting. Yeah, that is a good one. Jill Scott and Erica Badu doing "You Got Me." Yep. The writer and the performer. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, and I may be mispronouncing this. I apologize. Morse Gofi shouts out the Life soundtrack. The Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. You know what? I remember that being interesting. Yeah, so do I. We should do Life sooner than later. We should. Life is an interesting movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's a very, very good surprisingly movie. dark when you think about it. When you than, really think like about when you think about it for more than fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. it's a pitch black film. Really, especially like that whole beginning thing. It doesn't really get like funny, funny until they get into prison, right? Because that whole like on the streets thing, yeah, that life on the streets, and then even having to deal with how the court system deals. Yeah, oh with yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a movie like yeah. th- that. It, it it takes you some places, man, for real. It's actually one of the things that frustrates me about Eddie Murphy's Eddie, choices. Yes. Because when you see him make a choice like life. Yes. So, but. Yes, you're absolutely not to, right. Not to get us off of. Terry Jingles. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, Terry? Now, he broke it down. As far as soundtrack. Okay. He would give props to Above the Rim. That's a good one. Yeah. That's good 90s hip hop soundtrack. That's yes. almost juice level soundtrack. Almost. But as far as score, uh-oh, film score. All right. He would give do the right thing. That's a good score. Yeah. That's a good score. Yeah, I believe that's Terrence Blanchard. Yes it is. Yeah. It definitely paints the picture. Yeah, there. boy. That's a good one. Your man, uh Donald Eli Design. Hey, what's up, Don? Uh, along with shouting out a couple of that we've already been mentioned, Purple Rain and Love Jones. And he shows some love to Bamboozled soundtrack. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good one. He gives love to the soundtrack from Set It Off. 
Uh, not, that's a good one. Yeah. I just saw Set It Off was just on TV. I know. Day. That's another one I watch anytime it's on. It's a rough movie. Uh, and um, Girl Six. Yeah. 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 We, yeah. we talked about Girl Six. Man, you lost me with Girl Six there. It's a good sound. Well, at the moment, it was the only place you could get that print stuff. So, uh, okay. I have a lot of affection for Girl Six. Fair enough. The good Dr. Sheena Howard. All right. Um, who I hope to have on the show uh, sooner than later um, gives love to waiting to exhale. Shoop shoop. Yeah, that Me is a, that is a soundtrack that I found myself playing a lot. Oh. You know what? It's probably horrible what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna say it. I think the thing about Whitney Houston mm-hmm. is that they tried so hard to make her pop mm-hmm. that the soul music that she made. You hold on to it so tightly. Yeah. So it's like the Preacher's Wife soundtrack, Waiting to Exhale. Like there are these moments where Whitney Houston was allowed to actually sing R&B. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it was just a treasure. Very, very few and far between. Because you know, no, 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 just to her pop music. I mean, you know, no, no, no. I want to dance with somebody and all that, but yeah, know, but I mean, her R&B first, dude. her first album is like it's still probably her best album. Yeah, to me, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, because it's just pure. It's one pure joy of singing and pure. I think she is her most soulful throughout yeah. the album. Yeah, Clive Davis took care of that though. Okay, yeah, very true. Yeah, he, <laughs> he said, "What's this? Get this out of here." Um, Dan Dinkins, yo, what's up? What's up, Dan? Starting five po- podcast said, "Is High School High considered a black movie? Because that's my favorite." I would say so. I'm not familiar with it. High School High. I was not a big Red Man like that. Red Man Method Man. When they were sort of a comedy duo, mm-hmm. I was never a big fan of that little coupling. Okay. E. Mac, the master triple. All right. Show some love to the best man. Good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that was cool. 90s was a great time for these soundtracks. It was. Yeah. It very much was. Um, and uh, Science Stuff with Steph. Okay. Hey, what's up, Steph? Who does a really great podcast? The Dope Science Show. Really okay. listen to it. Stephanie, she she's all that. She's so so infectious about her love of science. It That's all just, right. That's just beautiful. loving it. Um, she repped along with Love Jones. She sold some love to the color purple. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good that one. That a lot of people like the score and the, the, soundtrack. the soundtrack. You know what? Just to show my age, it was a hard soundtrack to get a hold of for a while. Cause it had gone out of print, yeah. or it was like like they they only had like a um like some type of weird package where like I remember trying to get the color purple soundtrack, and it was actually expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, Hood Cinema TV gives love to New Jack City. Yeah, yeah, New Jack swingy stuff. And the New Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. City. Yeah, I believe Big Bub is on there too. Is Big Bub on? I there? believe Big Bub. Is on Big Bub from you know remember group? People? Oh, from um. Damn, you ain't gonna I call just it. forgot. You ain't gonna call it. Uh, well, you know why? Because I can't get it out my. Mm, do you really want him? <laughs> yeah. Or do you really want me? <laughs> or do you really want him? <laughs> Big Bub from the um, <laughs> the one hit wonder <laughs> New Jack R and B group today. 
he was in today. Yeah. Quietly, I ain't going to say somebody at this table actually has a Big Bub solo CD sitting somewhere, but if you point at me, I'll whistle. <laughs> I don't have Big Bub solo CD. Yes. I do have both of us today. <laughs> <laughs> So we've now unlocked the secret <laughs> of the Michelle mission. We are fans of the vocal stylings of Big Bub. Big Bub can do no wrong. Now, Big Bub, that's who wanted the shit have got on. You talk about Freddie Jackson, who you need to really be down with is Big Bub. <laughs> do you really want him? Or do you really want me? Him, me. Him, all right, let's because I'll just start talking about Big Bo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I've shouted out all of those people, but that's because I have to save love for Delilah Robin, for Black Heroes Matter. Okay. For oh, there's a whole ton of people. And I'm I'm going to pull up their I'm going to pull up their names in a second because they all gave love to one soundtrack above any other soundtrack. Oh. This soundtrack uh, above not it's not even a question of the ones that they love they they had much love. For oh, this, this one. should be interesting. Uh, I just want to who is the clear winner? I'm about of to the tell Michelle you. Mission um, question of the week. I trouble Khalif. I know somebody else. It, it, I uh, rained down love for this person. Also, the Black Geeks gave love to this soundtrack. And that soundtrack is The Wiz. Oh, yeah. I guess it goes without saying. I mean, you know, yeah. Everybody wants to ease on down. I mean, ease yeah. Ease on down the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, then, the question is what people know about the, the Wiz original cast recording with the other song from The Scarecrow. Ooh, oh, I used to know what that song was. I was born on a day before yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whistle. Yeah. I wonder why they cut that from the movie. I'm glad you asked. See, this is where my It's All Soul stuff comes out. <laughs> Quincy Jones mm-hmm. wanted a song that showcased Michael's voice better. Yeah, because I couldn't see Michael really. And You Can't song. Win is part of the original Yes, the original, the original book. The, the original book, but they cut it when it went to Broadway. Oh, really? They cut it when it initially went to Broadway. Quincy Jones was looking for a song for um, Michael that he thought could um, showcase his voice better. Right. And he went back to You Can't Win. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. Because when I saw The Wiz, it certainly wasn't the original run. Right. But You Can't Win was in there. You I Can't Win was they, now they, in it. They put it yeah. back in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yep. Oh, that's cool. Yep. That's cool. Now, the original recording um, with the original cast, so that's Stephanie Mills. Yes. Now, I know you are a devotee of Diana, I Diana Ross, and you like Diana Ross in The I, Wiz. I, I love Diana Ross in The Wiz. But can you hear the distinct difference, at least vocally? I mean, Stephanie Mills is a better singer than Diana Ross. Like, you know, I think you got to start there. Right. And then, you know, my... I, you know, I'm trying to save my whiz talk for when we actually do, it, do yeah. the whiz. I like Stephanie Mills is a better singer than Diana Ross. I don't think that's even worth debating. Right. I still like Diana Ross's version better from the film because I like 
30-year-old Dorothy better than 15-year-old Dorothy? That's a conversation for our yeah, review. Right. That's definitely a so, conversation. So, for our you know, I have a whole philosophy about Diana Ross. Okay. That's fair enough. But I do want to ask you, it's funny how it's funny how these conversations go um that we, you know, by evoking the Wiz, clearly the winner here as hands down most people's favorite uh, soundtrack, we uh got into Stephanie Mills, who is another one of those people who I think is a lost voice of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I, I don't think that she is um, appreciated as highly as she should be. And I think part of that, to be fair, is because of the the song selections that she made yeah. at that time. Yeah. And, and, and admittedly, at that time, it was hard to for, for especially uh, female singers to carve out a... a a distinct identity for themselves yeah. at that time. So I think Stephanie Mills definitely like kind of you didn't know what night she wanted to be pop or super soulful, you know. Well, I think it was hard for her to make that leap. Like I actually am a big fan of her late 70s dance me. I think she was on like I think it was Champagne Records. Like she was mm-hmm. on this real little label and she had like these really funky dance albums and then you know my I, my have I have my whole theory about that moment, especially mm-hmm. with these black female R and B singers. Mm-hmm. You know, Hurricane Whitney Houston hit, and nobody really knew what to do. Yeah, that's besides, true. you know, I think the game. I think a lot of these sisters wanted that Whitney Houston money, right? And how can I figure out a way? To How change my it? game up, yeah, to try yeah. and get this Whitney Houston money, right? And then after, and by the time they figured, either they were found their lane, or said, "Okay, I, I think I've got you know my my niche, my Whitney Houston, right?" On then by that time, at least in my eyes. Mary J. Blige hits. I mean, and, and changes the game. I mean, again. frankly, you're already too. You, you know, I think a lot of these singers were already too old for the video age. Like the video age yeah. hit, yeah, and and it caught a lot of them flat footed. I right. think. Um, and you know, we really do need to stop this because and talk about the movie because now you've hit like like I've, I've hit like, your nerve. Like literally, I'll sit here for a couple of hours and talk because <laughs> you know this is the whole thing where the R and B divisions mm-hmm. drawed up at these record labels. Yeah, uh, the budgets went away yep. so that you know people couldn't have uh, actual musicians. Yeah, uh, yep. the yep. producers mm-hmm. drawed up, and and it was really just a tough time. Yeah, and somebody like Stephanie Mills, who you know Stephanie Mills is a great singer but like you think about the r&b singers and especially the women you know of course things are going to be harder for them who kind of rode this out like stephanie mills is a great singer but she's no patty labelle she's no aretha franklin she's no No gladys Gladys knight Knight. like you know you kind of you know they kind of had hits at this moment that compared to their 70s stuff i would say was a little lacking, but that's because yeah. I'm a soul dude. Right. But still legitimate hits. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, like Aretha Franklin can have sort of a post who zoom and who mm-hmm. greatest hits album. Yep. And Gladys Knight has Save the Overtime. Right. Exactly. And, right. you know, so I think Stephanie Mills just kind of got caught in that maelstrom. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's I'm a shame. A few. 
along with a few like her mickey howard i mean the name goes on oh oh again you know we can sit like this is actually one of my one of my things right about this this moment right because you know as i've said before i also think this is the moment that pushed cats our age in mm-hmm. the hip-hop yeah yeah you're right like i don't know what like like you know i'm a little boy and my parents are playing rock steady Mm-hmm. Which is the blackest song ever made. <laughs> like Aretha Franklin singing Rock Steady in 1974 is actually peak blackness. That's right. It's no more black than that. That's very like true. is Dennis Haysbert with facial hair black. <laughs> and now, you know, it's like, you know, Gladys Nice singing License to Kill from the James Bond soundtrack. It's like, this, I, I need something a little blacker than this. So, you're right. Uh, Joe Lechuga also uh, asked, well, he's, he, he mentioned, um, he said, uh, Len, 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 not angry, oh. just disappointed. Oh, what did you do? That's a great theme song. He's talking about the theme song to coffee. <sighs> See? Now, you notice Hashtag I didn't. Hashtag don't be like that. I didn't say anything. I just, you know. Well, one. I'll oh say boy! Here we go. Nobody chose coffee as their best, <laughs> as their favorite soundtrack, and I told you that I mean, no one would. Yes, you did. You did, and and I wouldn't have chosen it as my favorite. Nobody even na- nobody even named nobody. It. You're absolutely, of course. Nobody chose Claudine, which is what I would have chosen. That's not your favorite soundtrack. Claudine is my favorite black soundtrack. Really. Are you serious? It's two songs. It's it's an entire album filled with songs, actually. Okay, well, if you listen to the, you've watched the movie. It's basically two. Yeah, songs. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the album. That's not your favorite. Song. It's my favorite. It's not. It's not. I. It's not. Think Curtis Mayfield made the best soundtracks of the '70s. I like Claudine better than I like Superfly. Okay, but it's not your favorite. It's. It's not. It, it is my favorite. It is not. That's not you like Prince. You like Purple Rain better than I that. don't like Purple Rain better than I like Claudine. Yes, you do. I don't. You do. I know you do. I don't. Yeah, you like Juice's soundtrack better than that. I certainly don't like Juice's soundtrack better than Claudine. Please, please, stop lying. So um, we also got <laughs> just moving on. We also <laughs> heard from um, at present Eric. Okay. On Twitter, talking about the recently released Black Panther teaser trailer. Talk about peak blackness. Now, listen to this. In a series of tweets, he says, each time I watch the Black Panther teaser, like a dozen times at this point, just a couple of days ago. Because we're all studying it. I'm struck by how it fits into Ryan Coogler's filmography, like Fruitvale Station to Creed to Black Panther tells a very specific, intentional story of blackness. I'm sure someone much smarter and better equipped than me will perform this analysis, at which point I will uh, retweet it infinity times. Yes. Uh, to which at Planet X, Jared Exelrod said, this sounds like a job for Mission Michelle. Hey, man, you know what? <laughs> so, Vince, just the trailer, just the trailer. You know what? I don't even know where to start. Well, I do know where to start with the trailer. First of all, not for nothing. The fact that every cast member in the Black Panther is brown to dark brown. Mm. Yeah. 
might be the most radical thing that's ever been on black film. Okay. The Dora Maget is the most radical depiction of black womanhood that has ever existed. Just in the trailer. You Just say that because... These six dark brown, bald-headed black women. Right. Badasses. Right. Beautiful. Right. Powerful. Right there. The Afrofuturism of it. And, you know, and, and, and credit where credit is due. Like, this is something that Jack Kirby did 50 years ago. Like, you look at the very first appearance of the Black Panther, and you have that melding of this sort of stereotypical depiction of, of Africa and the Western consciousness, mm-hmm. which, you know, spears and, and shields and stuff. But then he kind of melded it with that Jack Kirby, that Kirby crackle. Yeah, Kirby where, crackle. You know, it's the technology and all of that. Technology that, bursting out of trees. And that's yeah. amazingly radical. Yeah, yeah. I love the added part of the mythos, which made complete sense. And, and I was shocked that no one has ever thought of it before, that Wakanda is actually a hidden city. Right. That, you know, everything, I mean, everything about, I mean, this goes back to Christopher Priest run, mm-hmm. that the Black Panther is, is always kind of holding his cards. I love that. Um, I'm already in love with Shuri. Yeah. I'm already in love because, you know, that's her holding the two, the, the two Panther fists. Yes. How awesome is she? How awesome is Shuri? It's a freaking fantastic TV it, it is. A, it is a fantastic. Again, the fantastic thing about it is that as much as we fell in love with the Black Panther mm-hmm. from Civil War mm-hmm. and how cool and, and awesome and super black he was, mm-hmm. it makes perfect sense that this is the world that he's from. It does. And it's another thing that you, you point that out <coughs> that. It kind of parallels with the whole emerging of Wonder Woman on the in the DC extended universe. Wonder Woman shows up in BVS, Batman versus Superman, right? And it's easily like it's like the coolest moment of one of the one of the yeah. coolest moments of that movie, um, and then instantly becomes like the one of the best parts most memorable parts of that movie without doing much about you know looking good in a dress and then kicking butt when she fights doomsday you know um so much so that you want more yes and then the movie comes out and they smartly instead of trying to uh, amp up what was there before they take the time to to dial it back and uh, invite you into her world. Yeah. Putting her in a whole nother setting away from that. So that it, this is really truly a whole nother aspect and maybe a, a, a more truer aspect of who the character is. Yes. Yes, you saw the character uh, up front and central when she's got to be on blast. But now let's really meet the character. Let's right. really get become ingrained and invested in the yes. character. And the world she comes in from. And the, the entire world building of that yeah. film. And they took the time with that. And, it, and uh, thus you've got this mega hit that's right yeah. there. The same thing can be said for Black Panther in that he, he hits like a bolt of lightning in um, Captain America, yeah, and now you can tell from this trailer that Ryan Coogler, you know, okay, you know who he is. Now let me show you 
what he is, where he comes from, invites you all into that world. And just like my man um, at present, Eric, says, with Ryan is doing it without any reservations. Yeah, well, I think, I think already the, the best decision that everybody in the room made was to let Ryan Coogler have his team. Yeah. Because, you know, the costume designer, the, like, like that, apparently that was part of the negotiation. Mm-hmm. If I do this, this is my team. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, it doesn't look like anything. Yeah. Like, it's, this is, you know. It looks like, along with Captain America, the Captain America films, up to this point, the Captain America films have been the only ones to succeed in having distinct look and feel yes. that's, that is set apart from all of the other Marvel films. Yes, you know? absolutely. Um, some of them may have some have some trappings, like the Doctor Doctor Strange has some trappings, and and Thor tried to right, but just ultimately didn't didn't succeed. Right. And Black Panther does look like it's a film that is that too is going to have its own you know feel. Yeah, its own look its own vibe its own way of how he wants to present the action as well as the story and it i mean i i don't need to see another trailer i know this is the teaser i know i don't need whenever because you know the the longer three minute trailer is going to come i I don't need it i don't know how much i can do like like you talking about like i think i've literally seen it 20 times yeah i don't i don't need anything I'm I'm good. I don't need to see you know, and and like I hear Andy Circus say, "What do you know about Wakanda?" Yeah, and I just I just that was it. I just get excited. That was it. And also, speaking of Andy Circus, I know the man is the mocap king. Yeah, you know, and killing it. And I can't yeah. wait to see him in War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, because that looks at you know we'll see you know him him in motion caption um, vibe. He's a brother needs to be in front of the camera He's, a little bit more. How about that? He needs to be in front of the camera a little more. How about that? You know, definitely has a very a very distinct look yeah. about yeah. his face, but knows how to deliver a line. Uh, yeah, he needs to be in. Uh, and I mean, look, man, you got Chadwick Boseman. Look, man, the bench is so deep. Oh my God, it's so deep. The bench is so deep. Funnily enough, I saw because I'll say this too. I'm also excited by how excited the Youngs are. Yeah, like they're so excited, and I'm so happy for them. Mm-hmm. So you know they had a little memes and stuff which you're gonna wear. But I saw someone posted the two side by side shots of our dude, and he said he woke up from from the sunken place and went right to Wakanda. <laughs> Daniel, I forget his last Daniel name. Daniel Kalua. Yeah, he, said, he woke up from the sunken place, and went right to Wakanda. Yep, which is what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Exactly. Stay woke. all right we do have a little bit of business before we get to the show ladies and gentlemen and that is next week next week next wednesday which you've got your little calendar there vince next wednesday that i believe that is june the 20th is it the 20th no no the 21st because we're taping on tuesday sorry so it's uh june 20 june 20th the the Michelle Mission will be doing our very first live radio broadcast. So there won't be a 
a podcast available Wednesday morning because we're going to be doing the show live. That's right. We're going to do the show live in the studios of WPPM, People Powered Media, 106.5 FM, um, on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. in our regular radio time slot. We will be streaming live on phillycam.org. Uh, so that all of our listeners can uh, and our show missionaries can listen to the show. Um, and hopefully we're asking you because we're doing this as part of WPPM's fund drive. It's a people powered media, but it's a grassroots organization. And every once in a while that grass needs some watering. And that's where you come in as we're going to be asking some of our fans uh, to donate to the station to help us keep the lights on, keep the, the microphones going keep that stream going and keep bringing um, fantastic shows like the Michelle mission and the show that follows us do why Diddy coming to you um, free with no commercials. Now, to kind of pump pump the you know the the blood of people. Oh yeah, get them get them going. We ha- had hoped to have a very special guest um, that we were going to be speaking with live on that show, and it may still happen. I got rerun sitting on the bench though. I know rerun rerun. It- Rerun was Plan B. He's now Plan C. But Plan A... He's over there popping and locking. <laughs> yeah, popping and locking. Uh, and I, I said his name was Fred Stubbs. He was Fred Berry. Fred Berry. Fred Stubbs was his name on the show. Right. We had hoped to have the Mystics, Dorian and Simone Missick, as our very special guests on that night. Um, they weren't going to be live in studio, but they were going to be live on the phone, taking all of your questions uh, so that, you know, it would be our, a, a, a night with the Mystics, a Michelle night with the Mystics. We really hope to have that happen. It may still happen, but as it stands right now, it looks like Dorian and Simone's schedule is going to be just a little tight, um, and they don't they don't want to promise that they can do it. Um, and and then we just be, you know, left out in the cold. And I appreciate that. Class act. Yes, definitely. So, huh, me and Vince have brainstormed. <laughs> and we've come up with a plan B. Now, I don't know how Vince has somehow magically skirted his way out of, you know, doing something here but dancing in between the raindrops yeah all right all right gene so (laughs) here's what we're going to be doing next week ladies and gentlemen on our live episode of the michelle mission while we are there talking about movies ostensibly i don't think i don't think we're we're probably not gonna be able to do like a full review but we'll we'll talk about movies we'll have a fun conversation for every dollar that is donated during our hour show from next Wednesday to from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. For, for every dollar that is donated, I have vowed. <laughs> I can't even get this out of my mouth. I have vowed that I will watch <laughs> The Last Dragon for that many days straight. Donate three dollars. He gonna watch Last Dragon three days in a row. Exactly. Donate three hundred dollars. I will watch the Last Dragon for three hundred days in a row. Straight. Straight. 
you possess the power of the glow. Now, I'm only going to watch it once a day. Just once a day. Just, Just once, once a day. day. Um, but I will watch The Last Dragon. I'm going to donate $3 myself. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Up to a year. Up to a year. Every day. Up to a year. All right? So, um... <laughs> oh, come on folks let's let's make this happen oh lord let's come together as a community now i will say this so that lynn can watch the last dragon just so that we can get as much you know as much money donated for wppm as possible yes okay because technically if i'm going to watch it every day for a year yes if somebody calls in and donates $300 right that's one donation right there right that's got me for 300 days there you go you know what i mean so then it's almost a year so what's the incentive for everybody else to like keep on chugging on right 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 get up to $356 right right $65 don't be trying to oh. don't be trying to skip out of <laughs> 9 days with your dyslexic moment oh no uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> You ain't slick. <laughs> Just gonna slip that in there for three hundred and fifty-six days. Uh, no. So, mm, so because of that, <clears throat> I'm going to amend this. Okay. Okay. For every dollar that is donated. Yes. Okay. I will watch The Last Dragon once a day. Yes. For a year. Yes. And then above $365. And then above $365. Ugh, God. <laughs> I will watch Baby Boy. Oh, my God. I might. I need to skip a bill so I can get us above 365 I will watch Baby Boy. For every de- every dollar over three sixty five, so every dollar over three sixty five, I will watch Baby Boy once a day. Hey Lynn, yes, you want some breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I have to. I have to decide. Which I could stand worse, you know. Right, because you, di- you didn't do Why Did I Get Married? Ooh. Or Temptation. Ooh. Okay. Or Action Jackson. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, then how about this? Okay. Why am I doing this to myself? I, hey, because it's, 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 it's for a good cause. It's for a good cause. For every dollar over 365 Yes. I will watch a Tyler Perry movie. Yes. Once a day. Oh. For every dollar over 365. All right. And if once we if we get past like his whole filmography, then I'll just have to start it back over. I'll even sweeten the pot. How are you gonna sweeten the pot? If somebody donates twenty dollars or more, we'll let them pick a Tyler Perry movie. That we have, because I mean, we've only done two. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think yeah. he's made like 309. I'm pretty sure he made one this morning. You and I will do a, an episode of the Michelle Mission devoted to that Tyler Perry film. 
of someone's choosing. Okay. So for every 20, so for anyone donating $20 <clears throat> or more. They- $20 and one cent, we'll do Medea makes a pot of chitlins. <laughs> and says something vague about Jesus. And they strip Shamar Moore down and rub him down with olive oil. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I'm pretty sure that's the plot of one or two of them. Like she makes a pot of chitlins. She says something vague about Jesus, and then Shamar Moore comes in and they take his shirt off and pour olive oil all over. Mm, stomach acid and chewing gum does not mix. Then somebody gets married and there's lawn dancing. Okay. All right. All right. So, th- th- so that's going to be happening next week, ladies and gentlemen, live Wednesday, eight p.m. on phillycam.org for all of you out there in the uh, in the internationally, locally here in Philadelphia. You can listen to us on one hundred six point five FM WPPM LP People Powered Media. Philly Cam Radio on your radio dials, or you can just stream us as well. PhillyCam.org Radio. The the show mission will be live doing a show. And oh God. Yes. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. All right, it's time. Yes. For us to review. Yes. Moonlight. All right. What's you looking at me like that for? What, man? Come on, you just drove down here? Yeah. Who is you, Sharon? Hold on, son. Try not to remember. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna be. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. You all tell him why the other boys kick his ass all the time. What's wrong? I'm good. No. I'm seeing good. You ain't it. Remember the last time I saw you? Listen. To who, Ma? Huh? To you? Who is you, man? I ain't seen you in like a decade. It's not what I expected. What did you expect? Moonlight 2016 American coming of age drama. Written and directed by Barry Jenkins, based on Taro Alvin McCraney's unpublished semi-autobiographical play, In Moonlight, Black Boys Look Blue. It stars Trevant Rhodes, Andre Holland, Janelle Monet, Ashton Sanders, Gerald Jerome, Naomi Harris, and the Oscar-winning Mahershala Ali. film represents three stages in the life of the main character exploring the difficulties he faces with his own sexuality and identity including the physical and emotional abuse he receives as a result 
of it. It was filmed in Miami, Florida. Uh, Moonlight premiered at the Telluride Film Festival in September of 2016. It was released in the United States on October 21st and has grossed over $65 million worldwide against a $1.5 million budget, mm. receiving critical acclaim. And at the 74th Golden Globe Awards, it won the Best Motion Picture drama was nominated in five other categories and went on to win the academy award for best picture along with best supporting actor for mershala ali and best adapted screenplay yes. for jenkins and mccraney for a total uh, from a total of eight nominations it was also became the first film with an all black Cast the first LGBT film and the second lowest grossing film domestically behind the Hurt Locker to win the Best Picture Award. This longly awaited movie, also, I should uh, mention, and this is a uh, notable the film's editor, Joy McMillan, became the first black woman to be nominated That's for right. an editing Oscar. That's right. Alongside co editor Nat Sanders and Mahershala Ali, became the first. Muslim yeah. to win an acting Oscar in this film, which was the selection of Vince's. Yes. So what say you, Vince, of Moonlight? Well, you know, as as I've said, you, you know, I, I think I said it a couple of times over the past weeks, I think we deserve this. Like, mm-hmm. we deserve to talk about Moonlight. If, if you've been listening to us since the beginning, yeah. you know, I know Medicine for Melancholy, Barry Jenkins' first film was um, <clears throat> a film that we talked about very early. You know, I think within the first 20 episodes, yep. we talked about Medicine for a Melancholy. And- Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jacquees Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco, Vince? With your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. And, And both of us were big, big, are big, big fans of that film. And we said at the time that we were very much looking forward to his next film. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was six years between Medicine for Melancholy and Moonlight. And, you know, I think, I think a, a film like Moonlight, you, you know, you can talk about a couple of ways, you know, really two ways. And, 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 you know, first and foremost, just the sheer craft that's involved in this film, like from top to bottom, from left to right. I, I think the story, you know, we call it a coming of age story. And it's certainly that's that's in here. But it's also this really kind of lovely embedded love story mm-hmm. that's in here between these two men. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have you, you have the, the family dynamic between the main character, Sharon, and and, you know, his mother. 
played by the magnificent Naomi Harris. Yeah. And, and you know, his surrogate family, you know, played, you, you know, again, by the aforementioned Mershala Ali and Janelle Monet. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you have just, again, just this wonderful story, just as a story on the level of plot and the level of story. Mm. You you have the acting that that you know we've just talked about. Uh, Mershala Ali absolutely should have won an Academy Award for this film. But in my mind, the real kind of unsung hero is Naomi Harris, okay, who plays um, Chiron's mother at yes. three very distinct times in her life. And you know, this is a film that you know, as you mentioned, is in three parts. She's the only actor that appears in all three parts. Yes. And so, you know, just on that level, I think child actors are hit and miss just generally. And you have four very young actors in this film that do a wonderful job. You, you have Sharon at age, you know, maybe eight or nine. Yeah. I think nine. They say, you know, you have Kevin at nine. And then you have those two characters at age 16. Yes. So you have these four young actors really kind of kind of doing, you know, just fantastic work. Barry Jenkins' direction, everything that we loved about his direction in Medicine for Melancholy, you can see that those skills have just been honed and deepened. Mm-hmm. Like like this is this is a director and and it's funny, Omar Dorsey actually said this about him. Like this is a director who breathes. Yeah. And he lets the moment play out. And, 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 you know, and just his shot composition. And, you know, we talked about um, Joy, and I just forgot her last name. Joy McMillan. Joy McMillan. Just the editing, Mm -hmm. you know, just the transitions in this. The colors, you Mm -hmm. know, the use of blue, the use of red, that, that, you know, it's, it's a film that rewards you with repeated viewings about how deep and 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 how just i mean there are scenes in this film like like sort of the the most iconic moment from the film is when mashura ali's character juan teaches Sharon how to swim right and just the just the blues the blue of the sky and the blue of the ocean and these two people in 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 the water is is breathtaking mm-hmm. and all of that frankly i think is enough to celebrate this film and, and say that this film is is a triumph and a masterpiece. And in a perfect world where we had a bunch of movies that showed black life and all of its nuance and, and c- complexity and everything, we could just talk about that. Right. But we don't live in that world. Right. And in this world, I think this is an amazingly important movie. And what it says about black men yeah and our relationships with each other and 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 how we're not and how being vulnerable is a luxury i think being vulnerable for a man in general in our society is a luxury but i think as you kind of add those concentric circles mm-hmm. of dis, disenfranchisement you know poverty race mm-hmm. so on and so forth you're not allowed to be vulnerable yeah you're not allowed to touch you're not allowed to love and and there's so much in this film that comments on that and in really beautiful ways to the point where, you know, I know it's unfair, but but the thing I always think about this movie is it's sort of like when um, Frank Ocean's 
full debut came out, you know, Channel Orange. Um, you know, not his first album, his full debut. And I remember he he came out right as 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 a gay man, like right when it first came out. And I remember being a little disappointed because I knew that there were people that should listen to channel orange mm-hmm. who now would be completely shut off from it exactly and i think the same thing and i know the same thing has happened with moonlight where i think this is a film that everyone should see but i think it is particularly in, i think it's particularly important that black men see this film and talk about it. but because these characters are gay and because of just the way many of us are socialized and i know i've had two dozen conversations about Moonlight in barbershops, at barbecues with my friends about no, you need to see Moonlight and so many of us as black men shut down when issues that's of what homo- you find. Yeah, that's absolutely what I found mm-hmm. and 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 so so there's that aspect of it too, so you know, I'll stop there because yeah. you know it, it it's um you know, yeah, these the, the the story you touched on it right there, right from right there, is that it is a love story. It's the it's the love story of these two two guys exploring their sexuality, exploring really not, but it's not even exploring their sexuality. They're exploring their manhood mm-hmm. because they are men. Mm-hmm. They, they're gay men, but they're men, and I think that you know, unfortunately. You know, like you just said, there there are people out there who want to differentiate between the two. Oh, he's not a man, right? And he's a gay man, you right? Know, like, no these these guys are definitively men. Um, they're young, confused boys um, in the beginning, trying to you know just develop a friendship uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a, a dialogue with one another, a vocabulary with one another, whether it be through roughhousing or even in that roughhousing or, or in their conversation um, trying to explore you know, exactly who they are in this world that we're in, in this basically this, this world that we are, we are a part of right now, which at that young age in the beginning where Chiron is little, his right, nickname, right. his world is just basically the schoolyard. Um, and who is he in that schoolyard? You know, and his friend is, wants to help, help him find out who he is, you know, secretly because that's going to help him find out who he is. Right. You know, uh, and that becomes all the more evident when they are then 16 years old, um, and the friend is there for him as well. And uh, another smart thing I do like about this movie is that the two boys are clearly best friends. Right. But the movie isn't about best friends. So you don't see them together all the time. You see them like in the reality of best friends that they're kind of living the, their own lives and come together at you know particular moments in time right you know um and like all true best friends they come together when you the other least expects it but it's when they're needed right it's when um in the beginning when little is walking off 
from from all the from all the boys. You know, uh, his best friend is Kevin. Kevin, yes, comes running up to him. He's like, "Yo, dude, you know you can't be doing that." He's right there to kind of like like trying what's on your head. Like, here, I'm here. Bust it up with me. When they're 16 years old, and 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 now Chiron is hiding out in the school. Who shows up? Kevin. Right. I just happen to be on detention. Like, yo, man, what's go- what's going on? You look you look shook, bruh. You know, and there's not really much he can say about what's going on because ultimately, you know, you're going to have to go outside. But it's like, man, you know, you got to do what you got to do because I'm doing what I got to do. You gotta do. Uh, and then later on, Chiron is is by the beach. Who shows up? Kevin. I mean, Kevin is like, what's what's Kevin? Jiminy Cricket? You know what I'm saying? But but that's what best friends do. Um, when you talk about Barry Jenkins and, and Omar, it talks about Barry Jenkins just allowing things to breathe. There's a scene where Little is driving off with Juan and he's got his hand outside the window and he's just riding the wave. Yeah. And the the film the 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 movie shoots that scene from like behind the car just above watching his his hand his arm ride that wave every little kid has done that yeah and i would i would bet that every little kid when they are doing that envisions envisions that scene looking the way that they shot it yeah, you envision your hand just full because when when I saw that scene, and especially because he takes the time that that scene is not, it's not long; it's maybe ten seconds of yeah. screen time, but that's probably a good four more seconds than the average filmmaker would give that scene. Right? It's just a celebration of being a kid, of being free. Yeah, of and also, I think at that moment in time, especially for Little, feeling a little safe. Yeah, yeah. You know, he feel he he feels safe to do that. Yeah. Um. And I thought I thought that was it, like that was just a moment like that breathed for me. But how good is that? How good? That's Alex Hibbert who yes. plays nine year old Little. He how is good. Is he? He he is so good. That while Jenna Monet is doing work, yes, in this movie, and admittedly she's not doing a whole lot of work in the, in, in that opening scene because it, in, in the opening part because that is all about Alex and Mahershala. Mm-hmm. But you don't even really notice Janelle because of how good Alex is, and he's so good because you got to remember in that opening scene. That little boy is going up against Mahershala Ali. Yes. And Naomi Harris. Yes. And And, not talking. And not talking. And all eyes are locked on him. And he is carrying it. I mean, because the the movie in, in that opening scene... It only loosely, and even then, not even really until the end of that opening, like like uh, third, it, does it really touch on the whole sexuality part, right? Um, but the 
the way that they mention it, you know, Naomi like sc- screaming, you know, about her child. Yeah, you know, you know, are you gonna raise my boy? Oh my! Are God. you gonna raise my boy? You know what my boy is. That scene is devastating. And 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 it's only when that then that happens that you replay what has happened before right. and you maybe see some ticks. Right. Other than that, you're really just seeing a little boy. You're just seeing little boys. You're just seeing a little boy, and man. Little, little vicious boys. Because exactly. that's how boys can be. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, it's you just, just pick the weak one. And we've we've all done it. We've all been party to it. Right. We've all been, you know, the, the procrastinators. I mean, the uh, Protagonists, right? Uh, the and instigators of that type of type of stuff, or you know, just followed along in the crowd, praying Jesus that they thank don't. Thank God, it's not me. Thank God, it's not me. That's what you're thinking the whole time. Yeah. So, um, it's it, you can't say enough about uh, uh, about him. I think he's the unsung hero of this movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? Him, as well as the young boy that plays Chiron in the second part. Oh, Ashton Sanders. Yes. Yeah. Because, oh, yeah. Because while he has maybe about 10 more lines. <laughs> right. He's, not, he's still not really saying right, all right, right. lines. Um, he definitely has an intensity. Yes. That he has to carry in, the, in, that, in that middle section that is just in, in, incredible. And, where, and where's that weight? And and it's all on his face. It's all on his face. It's, but it's in his body too. Yeah. If you watch yeah. it, it's in his body. It's in his walk as he's walking down the streets, and those two knuckleheads come yeah. b- bothering him. Man, it's 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 all in his physicality. The the moment where Chiron becomes black, mm-hmm. when he puts his face in the ice to dead and every and and he he changes. Yeah. Right in the and it's. Like you said, you really, I mean, it, it really is a master, it's a, it's a master class of acting. It is. With some of these actors. But it's a master class in, the, in storytelling. Yeah. Because there's so much that is said in this movie when there are no words. Yeah. When it's just the pictures. Yeah. Just the visual storytelling that is going on. Like the scene, you don't learn to what she says till later, mm-hmm. but with a scene where Naomi you know, screams yeah. at her son, but you don't hear it. Yeah. But you hear it. Right. And not even and even more so than the scream, what you truly hear and feel, and is even probably even more painful, is then the look yeah. on her face when she slow motion walks into her room. And not for nothing, because you know, we've talked about this with uptight. We've mentioned it here. The use of color, like in the yeah. very first shot, they established that blue is peace. Yes, and red is 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 the adversary. That moment you're talking about, she's in purple light. Yep, because that's the moment where she go where the shift mm-hmm. goes from she's his mother to a drug addict. Right, and it it is it is it's all in it's all in that moment. Like you said, you don't even have to hear what she's saying. Right, to know what's happening. Yeah, the other thing that I'm I keep replaying in my head is when we had um, Leanne Lindsay of Tinsel and Time yes. here on the show a couple of weeks a couple of weeks ago, um, and I I don't think we this made it to on air, but we mentioned that we were going to be reviewing uh, Moonlight. Yes, and she had mentioned how 
she didn't think much of the movie. Right, right. And that, it, you know, it left her cold. She thought it, it, it wasn't nothing happening. She found it a little boring, you okay. know, a little bit slow and everything like that. It is a, a leisurely paced movie. It's a slow movie. movie. It's, it's a, a slow movie. movie. Yet, to say that there's nothing happening in this right. movie is... is is one hundred percent like just wrong, flat out wrong. I yeah. don't, I don't understand. W- what it is though is that this movie, even unlike the great black dramas of our time, you know, refuses to play, you know, to get to take the audience for granted and give you any tropes or ticks. Or um, anything that you might heighten drama, right? There's yeah. nothing heightened about it at all, yeah. and uh, and that's you know, I mean, if you watch Medicine for Melancholy, then you should have right. expected that. But th- that is um, that's the magic of this movie. You you know something that messed with my head, and still kind of messes with my head, and this is the moment. Where 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 I'll I'll say you know once again we've done this a few times and it's happening more and more lately. If you haven't seen Moonlight, I think you should see Moonlight before we talk anymore. I think when I saw it for the first time, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop with Mershala 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 Ali's character Juan. Okay, and Little. Like I didn't know if he was going to molest him. I didn't know if he was going to oh, try really? and turn him into a little runner for him because because Juan's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. So is he going to yeah. turn him into a drug dealer? And I'm waiting for that to happen. Like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. And it made me think: What is it about an older man who sees a young boy in need and steps in that I immediately go to? He has some type. Ulterior motive. Some some ulterior motive. And I think it's, again, the way we are socialized. Exactly. Like the way we are, you know, if, if, if Janelle Monet's character had run into him and sort of taken her under her wing and, you know, done all these different things, you wouldn't have thought anything about it. Because right. we think that's what women do. Right. But a man doing this, like, you, you know, again, it must be something else going on. And when there is nothing going on, it did make me question myself mm. like where's my head at yeah that, that you would go there that i would go there and, and again you know is it because right. he's a man is it because he's poor is it because he's a drug dealer like what is it about this man that gave you no and it's interesting that you think that because now i'm thinking back about holiday heart because in right. holiday heart um the michelle mission the only podcast where we'll talk about Moonlight and Holiday Heart at yeah, the same time. We give you the real, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, in, in Holiday Heart, and now I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name uh, that plays the, the like plays the, the 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 drug dealer. Hey man, I'm about to break my tongue over here trying to get Mershala Mershala Ali's name right. <laughs> now you're gonna get Milikatai uh, uh, Mal- Williamson in here too, right? But in his, his character in Hall- about Quavajane Wallace as well. Let's just let me just mess up Peter Nwanga. Yeah, let's let, let me just mess up all Dene Guerrero. Right, right. Let's, let's go for it. You know, but we're not going to go. Uh, we're not going to do Chiwit. See, I'm not even See? go there. So See? anyway, <laughs> anyway, McAllister Williamson in Holiday Heart. Chia would tell Etu for. Very good. I had to get something right. <laughs> go, go ahead. 
And Leanne taught me how to say it. <laughs> Leanne actually taught me how to say it. So now I got like that's my one. I got my one. Yeah, go ahead. When we do another movie with him, right, good. Right, right. You got the rest. Right, we're gonna do Serenity just <laughs> so <laughs> I can talk about him. Yeah. You know when Chill would tell him two four stab that dude? That was real black. Oh, Doctor Strange is a black film. Anyway. <laughs> no. But when McAllister Williamson, mm-hmm. his character in Holiday Heart is definitively like a thug. Yeah. And you see him do thuggish things, hardcore yeah. thuggish things yeah. in that movie. Um to other people, as well as a little bit to uh, the, the the little girl's mother. Yeah, yeah. Yet when he turns the tide and be, and becomes basically a surrogate father to her, right? You kind of buy into it, maybe because of the heightened drama right. of that movie, which you're so used to. You know, put that against Moonlight. You know, my man is a drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. You see him. You know, he goes. He checks his corners. You know, yeah. you know, see what's going on, you know, I mean, checking the very in. first scene where he's sort of, you know, looking at the landscape. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So this is such a good scene. Yeah. Man. It's the whole the whole 360 and, view. And and Juan is this 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 is his kingdom. This is oh man. It's such a good scene. Um, But but then he is also the guy that not only, you know, um, befriends little. Yeah. And brings him home. But you see his home life is a stable home life. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. he's got his woman. They've got a nice house. Yeah. They're, they're living. It's not like, you know, it's not some ghetto fabulous house. No. It's, you know, a nice house in the yeah. neighborhood. He's it, it, seemingly, you know, a respectful husband slash boyfriend whatever their relationship is he and Teresa is. have a great relationship have a great relationship he takes cues from her and exactly you know you know so he defers to her about so things it's, it's telling that you see that and yet you're still waiting for the other shoe to drop right yet you buy in on holiday heart right well that's me well i mean you know first of all holiday heart is ridiculous yes so you know i'm waiting for anything in holiday heart but i do think that the film does a great job of establishing that Juan is a menacing figure in his world. Like in his world. In, in his, his world. world. Yeah. And and you know, and and that this is not this this is not a Tupac character. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the thug with the sort of poet's heart. Yes. Like this is a man who has and and you know, we don't really learn all of his his story, but I think there's enough for us to infer that he has um <clears throat> excuse me adapted to this world right. and conquered this world and then when you get this sort of parallel with black in the final section yes. where black has done the same thing it's just that we've watched black's journey yes so that when kevin says that's not who you are we know that's true but that's because we're not just meeting him yeah and you wonder if this is what happened with juan as well but we don't know that until the end. Right. All we know is what we've been taught by movies and culture and, mm-hmm. and, and you know, the news yeah. and anecdotal, you, you know, right. relatives, you know. But Juan, that, is fe- Juan is certainly felt throughout the film. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, he's yeah. only in that first part. Yeah. But then you still feel him. 
you feel him in the middle part, the Chiron part. Yeah. Because you feel the absence. You feel the absence. You yeah. Feel the, and and you feel like it, it. You feel what that void has wrought, because at the end of Little, you know when it looks like Little is found a safe haven, you're figuring that Little may be able to take a turn. Right. But apparently it's not long after the end of that that Juan loses his life. Right. And I, I, the other thing that I got from that, and again, just, you know, looking at, at the, the, the color and everything, I think that last scene in the little segment where Juan, like, it's that wonderful sequence where Juan is, ba- like, Juan basically is, 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 is almost accepting him as an apprentice, and you have all of these things where Juan tells him, you know, don't sit with your back to the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he asks him, you know, what is a faggot? And 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 Juan tells him, right? And you know, it's, you know, it's something that we say to gay people to make them feel bad about themselves, which you know is an amazingly sort of thoughtful response. But again, why am I so amazed at how thoughtful that response is? Yeah. And then he says, "Am I gay?" And he answers him truthfully. And then you know, you get all the way to the last part where he says do you deal drugs and does my mother take drugs so that you know and and, and the look of shame on Juan's face exactly. like I saw a little distance between where we're now little can't completely drop his guard right because like I'm, like I'm still in this world yeah and like this person who's like my savior is still part of this Right, so right, that's true because yeah, that then, was my little leave, leave the house. Yeah, and then that's the end of the yeah. little segment. Yeah, that 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 is very true. That is very true. And and then from there you see you go into the Chiron part where the absence of Juan because little has kind of like retreated into himself. Yeah, you know, and Juan has um, Juan has died. And Juan has died. And then in the end, in the black sequence where Chiron has basically become Juan. I know. Complete with his love of older cars. Yeah. I mean, his whole style. His whole, his whole style. cadence. His whole... But isn't that what little boys do, though? Yeah. Like, isn't that... I, I mean, yeah. you know, I think the other thing that I noticed this time, there are no men in 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 Little's life except for Juan. Like, you have that male teacher... It during the uh, Sharon segment, that is it's sort, really just a voice. It's you like the Charlie Brown voice. Yeah, you know, wah, wah, exactly. wah. There's a crossing guard who stops him from getting stomped out. But Juan is the only real male, you know, presence in his life, except for Kevin. I'm sorry, older male presence, right? Like like an elder, right? That can sort of teach you yeah. how to be a man. Yeah. So it's um. It really is just a, it really is a captivating movie. And and let's just go ahead and get this down because I think we've kind of kind of glossed over it because he won an Oscar. So we're assuming everybody knows. But Mershala Ali, Mershala Mershala Ali is magnificent. He is. He's amazing in this. He is. He is amazing in this movie. A well deserved yeah, Oscar. Yeah. Janelle Monae not given a lot to do, but. Handles it extremely well. Handles it extremely she is, well. She is on point. She is a she is a bona fide actress of yeah. note. Yeah, you and know? then you know, as I said, I think I think Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris is is, is a beast. Naomi Harris is probably our 
you know, and I say our, you know, black, you know, Hollywood, she may be, I don't know. I don't want to say she's our Meryl Streep because I think that I, I, I think there, there are others that probably, you know, Angela Bassett or right, right, right. probably there, but she may be one of our singularly most talented actresses. Yeah. And completely, I, I completely paid no attention to her before no. this. Really? I don't even know what she was. What else has she been in Name? that I, that I would have noticed and said, "Oh, Naomi oh, Harris." Oh my god! Are, are you like I know she's been in stuff, right? But this is what made me say, "Whoa, wow!" That's uh, I would <laughs> okay. I mean, let me then let me take a moment to mark time so I can edit out part of this. Uh, and bring up Naomi Harris so I can tell you about everything that Naomi Harris has done. I don't, I don't believe you, Vince. Uh, I mean, it looks like a, it's a lot of sort of genre things. She was in a James Bond movie. She was in Pirates of the Caribbean. She was in Mandela Long Walk to Freedom. You know, I didn't see that. She was in Collateral Beauty. Yeah, you know. Okay. And she's 28 Days Later. After the sunset was a, a was a good movie. Okay, that was a very. I actually don't think I saw that. That was a very good movie. She was also in Skyfall because she plays. She's the new Miss Money Penny. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, it, you know, nobody is. You know, I don't expect the, the the actor studio to talk about the great Money Penny performance. Well, that's when they the, talk to her. Well, well, they should. <laughs> okay, I'm going to say that. Yeah, that's their loss. Yes, hell with them. So um, yeah, she's she's just just incredible. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh in yeah. This, absolutely. In this movie and in a role that at any of the moments in her life that she has to reveal could have gone off the rails very easily. Very easily. Like very easily. Yeah. Like you know we've get, had, we've had the running joke about. Um, cinematic drug addicts mm. and and you know and, and we see her at the height of her mania and there's still you know what i loved about her moment as a just just fully in 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 within the, the claws of drug addiction she's still manipulative you know it's and it's like if, if you've ever known anyone who's been addicted to drugs like it's not like there's this there's this control underneath it Mm -hmm. where they're trying to manipulate every moment and she captured that i don't know the last time i've seen someone capture that on film is there one scene that stands stands out well there's a scene where sharon comes back from Teresa's house that's the one i was thinking of and she's asking him for money and and she's you you know first she has to get into the house first she has to get into the house and she totally yeah and she's jealous of Teresa. she's resentful of Teresa. she understands Teresa's usefulness mm-hmm. you know she manipulates chiron you know chiron you, you know i also say this is the moment where chiron starts wearing his backpack in yeah. front of him because he's starting to build his armor right that you know by the time you get to him is black yeah, and we, you know, with the muscles and the grill and no, the car, and the, his armor is complete. His armor is complete. Right. She's amazing in that scene. Yeah, she is, man. And then you know when she's in rehab at the end, and this sort of complicated relationship that you 
can imagine a young man has with his mother who was a drug addict mm-hmm. throughout his childhood and mm-hmm. now she's better or getting better right oh just so good <laughs> that being said the central relationship that we follow throughout most of this movie is the relationship between Chiron and Kevin yes it starts as the little boys and then climaxes in the last oh which is one of it it may be one of the the truest scenes of black masculinity that has ever been put to film and and black vulnerability well that's what i mean yeah 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 just that's what i mean just, because it's the, it's the full spectrum uh, of masculinity it 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 understands and appreciates the vulnerability of being a black of being a black man and they both of them throughout that entire last scene are dealing with that trying to navigate their way through it um and until they come to that point reach that point where they are you know metaphorically there is nothing left. The armor has been taken off, Ugh. and they are standing there, just like I say, metaphorically naked in front of each other, and just letting it out. Because yeah. the scene where Chiron says that I have not been touched by anyone, yeah, since you, yeah, was so powerful, yeah. So heartbreaking. Yeah. It was it was so heartbreaking yet so real. Yeah. It was it was really I, I I'm not even gonna front. I like teared up a little bit on yeah. that, man. Dude, again, I think you and I are very blessed men. We have people that love us. We um we are in an environment where we can hug each other and, and, and you know we have children around like but I think there are so many men, and we talk about, you know, we t- use these terms like toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. No one tells them that they love them. You're not allowed to show affection. Right. And you see it in this film. I, you, you know, again, like you're saying metaphorically naked. And to me, you know, again, back to the conversations I've had, because I've had absurd conversations with people where it's like no 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 it's not like broke back mountain like it's not actual acts and you know i've had to go into detail about what actually transpires it's like you know it's a kiss and you know and then it's an implied masturbation scene but it's nothing because it's not about the sex right it's about the intimacy and the lack of intimacy that these men have in their lives so that like you said by the end he has he has stripped all of this armor and and it's it it is it's it's this beautiful ending that's well earned right so yeah i'm like you i I was it it kind of took my breath away and then you know you cut to the last shot Mm. of of nine-year-old chiron looking at the water and looking back at us you know at the audience and it's it, it it's it's an amazing film it is like like it's 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 an amazing film it really is I think we're 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 both in the bag from the movie. Yeah. Most yeah. definitely. I do want to mention and this is a quick aside and I'll I'll ask you cuz one of the reasons why we were eagerly awaiting to watch this 
uh, because we knew that this movie was going to be available on uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Prime mm-hmm. which is where we both watched it. Where also streaming on Amazon Prime is uh, another Oscar-nominated film okay. that received multiple Oscar nominations, and I believe it won multiple awards, Okay, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Yes. That's also streaming on Amazon Prime. And I found it interesting. I haven't seen it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I haven't, okay. I, I've, I didn't, the movie's not bad. Okay. But it's a downer. Yeah. Um, but I found it interesting that upon turning on Amazon Prime, now in, in full disclosure, I don't know whether or not the two films hit Amazon Prime at the same time. Right. So Manchester by the Sea may have just hit Amazon Prime. But you know how when you, you go on there, and it'll show you, like, you know, new releases. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Stuff like that. Manchester by the Sea was up front and center <laughs> yes. of one of the new releases. Fair enough. It was an Oscar-nominated film. But Moonlight. But Moonlight, as you scroll through yeah, the best scroll. The new releases. Yeah. And I know Moonlight only hit maybe a few weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two, three weeks yeah. ago tops. It was not even, it was not in the first 20. I noticed that. When when you expect it should be like on that first screen, yeah, it was you know? the best picture. It, it was the Oscar nominee. <laughs> yeah. it, it it won the Oscar. Yeah, so it's not only there. And then I kept going because you know the new releases all the time. So yeah, maybe yeah, there's yeah. a whole bunch of new releases oh, yeah. that have come out. Oh yeah, it's still not there. Yeah. So then I went to do a search. Mm. So in searching, I typed in M. Oh, Moonlight came up, but it was the fifth film that come came up. Ridiculous. Which you would think like ridiculous. What I don't know what algorithm you're going by, mm-hmm. but the Oscar-winning film that yes. just hit your stream should be one, maybe number two in the searches by its uh, by its opening initials. Yes. Then. I read the write-up, you know, a little blurb sure. underneath. And what did it say? I didn't even read it. I d- didn't read it, ver- you know, don't have it right here verbatim, but it doesn't mention the Oscar. See how they do us? Um, it basically gives you a rundown of the story. Now, I thought that maybe it does that because maybe it doesn't want to bias you. You know, like, oh, this is Oscar name, Oscar winning movie. You should watch it. I don't know why you wouldn't want to right, right, sell right. that movie like that. Right, it's right. The reason for it hitting there, but it's not. It doesn't say that. So then, I looked up what Manchester by the Sea said. Mm. What that say? Now, Manchester by the Sea, <clears throat> at least on my feed, did not mention the Oscar either. So okay, maybe this is. Their, Maybe that's just their thing. Their thing, but I still found it interesting that the Academy Award-winning movie of last year, Best Picture, is that hard to find on Amazon Prime. See how they do us. See how they do us. Well, that's why you got to listen to the Michelle Mission. We'll let you know. That <laughs> bothered me. Yes. And I think it's worth mentioning. Amazon, yes. get it together. Get it together. Or leave it alone. That's an old Jackson 5 song. <laughs> Is it? It's actually a title track from their album, Get It Together, G-I-T. You got to get it together or leave it alone. What album is that? 
it's from the album Get It Together. <laughs> no, but is that a, that's not a Philly International album. No, it's a Jackson 5 album. It's like one of their albums right before they left Motown. Okay, that's what I'm about to like, say. Yeah, they, it's not one they did on Philly. No, no, it's, no, it's like... So it's one of their last Motown albums. Yeah, like, like all of them are the same. My boy calls it that moment when all of them are the same height. What's the hit on that album? Because that ain't it. Well... Now that you ask, I believe Dancing Dancing Machine Machine is actually on that album. It has to be, yeah. And then when Dancing Machine became a hit, they put together some songs and released the album called Dancing Machine. On, but they, but they had left already. Yeah, because that was really was that. But was that released by Motown? Yes. Yeah, Dancing Machine is their last hit. Right. Their last. Their their last hit on Motown. Right. Okay. All right. Makes sense. Done a lot of music this episode. I'm. I'm. Here's the thing. I, I like this. Here's the thing. If people don't know, that, you know, if you listen to It's All Soul on um, Wednesdays at 8. I know. On G-Town Radio. G-TownRadio.com where you can hear yeah. You can hear Vince and his, and his cousin Daryl. And they play some great music. But Vince is not as loquacious on that show. <laughs> because Vince likes to just maybe say a couple of words and then get right to the music. That's right. Except... The few times where I have been on that show, and I make you talk. I mean, I'm trying to get to the music. <laughs> yeah, but you have so much knowledge. I People mean, want to hear that I knowledge. Mean, yeah. We have so much interesting conversations during the break. I was I like, know. no, we are going to talk. I know. We are going to talk. <laughs> you are going to talk to me, man. Fool around, we have a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> or three. <laughs> I'm overdue to come back on this. I uh, know. I was just thinking that. Get you gabbing again. Yeah. Get that show to be mm-hmm. what it should be. Awesome. But Moonlight. You should see this. I don't know. If you haven't seen it, then what are you waiting for? You, you should absolutely see it. You should sit down with your family um, and watch this Maybe not film. your family. I don't know if the kids can watch Moonlight. Okay. Okay. A kid. Fifteen. 14, 15 can watch 15, this film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, most certainly. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm the same way. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I was over the moon when it won the Oscar. Like, there's not in my wildest dreams did I think this would become a phenomenon like it became. Yeah. I'm so happy for Barry Jenkins. I'm so happy for everyone involved. So am I. Because cause this, this, this is a magnificent film. Here, here. And we'll be looking for those, uh, those, Child actors, see what they yeah. do next. Oh yeah, their next role. Oh yeah, I'm looking for everybody. Yeah, it should be pretty cool. So, all right, next week, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we mentioned it before. We'll say it again. We will be live 8 p.m. on WPPMLP 106.5 FM here in Philadelphia, PhillyCam dot org streaming live. We will do our live radio show where we're going to ask you to to donate. Make me see. Can y'all make me watch a year's worth of The Last Dragon? Somebody donate $20.01. We will watch any Tyler Perry movie you want and do a Michelle Mission episode. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. 
right, we're going to have fun. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. Yeah. This show will be available on MichelleMission.com as well as on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and now Tune In. All right. You can find the Michelle Mission right there as well as on a cast, which is a, a new and exciting way for podcasters to get their product out there. Go to acast.com, A C A S T. Um, and we've got some exciting news next week that we'll be announcing about another podcast network that we will be joining alongside our brethren on the CLNS a podcast network, Beats and Eats. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It's, uh, ooh, this has been a monster show. <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed yes. this obese edition yes. of the Michelle Mission. Uh, I'm Len. He's Vince. And parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.